This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Rosa. And for this episode, I had the opportunity to sit with Dr. Manuel Samarripa and his wife, Jessica Samarripa. They are the founders of the Institute of Chicana, Chicano, Chicanex Psychology and Community Wellness. And in this episode, we talk about Chicanismo. We talk about the needs of this community, specifically the mental health needs of Chicanos. We talk about what does it mean to re-indigenize, how we can get connected to our roots, and we talk about a decolonizing perspective on mental health, storytelling, and oral tradition. It is a packed conversation. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this. Please share your thoughts, anything that comes up for you as you're listening. Feel free to send it my way through email or through a DM on Instagram. For a brief disclaimer, I do want to remind you all that this episode is not meant to treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition, and it is not meant to substitute for health or mental health services. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Dr. Manuel and Jessica Samarripa. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for your willingness um, to be here. Dr. Manuel Zaparripa, sorry, I just, <laughs> just butcher your last name, Zamaripa. Yes. Did I say that right? <laughs> okay. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. and Jessica Zamaripa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you. Yeah, okay. We're grateful to you and for all of the rostros y corazones that listen and that we weave together our energies to to flourish our peoples in a good way. Absolutely. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the work that we do together um, is with the Institute of Chicana, Chicano, Chicanx Psychology and Community Wellness. And um, and, uh, my name is Manuel Donalawat Samaripa. I am one of the co-founders along here with uh, Rosatiani, Jessica Samaripa. Uh, and I'll just share a little bit um, about kind of the overall, what we try to do is we try to bring, um, so I'm a psychologist by training. And so we try to bring, at least my, we do this together, which we'll we'll talk about, but my part, I think, is bringing a more culturally responsive, a more Chicano psychology perspective to the work of, um, of, of healing our people, of self-determination, and really also getting in touch again with our, our cultural identity, our cultural mm-hmm. strengths. Um, and, and I think all of that is part of the healing. So 
We do community platica workshops. We work directly with the community. Um, and also we do trainings for mental health professionals and educators as well. Mm -hmm. And organizations. And uh, with permission of the Cuatro Direcciones, con permiso de los guardianes de este sagrado lugar, y con permiso de todos sus corazones, with permission of the four directions, with permission of the guardians of the sacred place where we are, which is our home, and with permission of all of your hearts and um, all of my ancestors, I present myself as Jessica Tlazotiani Samaripa, um, daughter of Jesse Samora Aguirre and Maria Teresa Maldonado Montelongo, mother of Graciela Elena, Jesse Yalmikitsli Lino, and Joaquin Tlawitzmasa Martin. And so um, hopefully I come in a good way. That is my intention. Um, for my part of the work, um, so Manuel has come straight up academia, you know, as PhD, doctor of psychology. And I have come straight up, you know, mommy activism for 20 plus years, um, organizing community around Latina, Chicana mothers and our kids, right, and our families. And also as a danzante de la luna, a moon dancer. And we're both danzantes mexica Xochipili. So we're both um, danzantes like Aztec dancers. Um, and so are our kids, right? So so bringing the ancestral medicine, right? As a moon dancer, um, it's, it's my one of my responsibilities to keep the ceremonies, the ancestral ceremonies, the ancestral rituals, the ancestral wisdoms, and to pass them forward, right? and to be of service to our community. So that is my part. And so we bring that together toward the well-being and the um, elevation and flourishing of our peoples. And thank you for, for that and for opening the space for us. Thank you so much. And one of the, um, I think the first question that comes up for me, if, if if you don't mind, just kind of describing, um, just to start off, right? Describing what is Chicano, Chicana mental health? Um, and, you know, we can, can go from there, but just what would be the, in the most basic way or the simplest way? What, what, what is that? What, what is the difference? And, and how, how is that different from other, other groups of maybe Hispanic or Latinx? How would you differentiate? Chicano psychology. That's one of our favorite yeah, questions. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. I think it's about, so like to give the context of what I'm going to say, it's always important for any group of people to know their identity and mm -hmm. to know where they come from. It's very basic in that sense. So you, so a lot of the times, you know, I think we have discussions like why Chicano, Chicanx psychology, because there's also Latino psychology or other psychologies, Latinx psychology. And it's never about being apart from, it's just understanding that there are times, uh, especially in this society, in this country, where it's important for people to stand together for common goals, right? So that's where you have kind of this sense of different peoples of the Americas, you know, who have certain histories here, 
that may be common, we can come together um, for certain, you know, certain goals, and we sh can share certain um, values and um, and certain commonalities, right? And at the same time, we have our own histories and our own people. So for us, Chicano psychology, Chicano psychology is about that psychology of people that are now in this society um, of Mexican descent. And that's really important because people of Mexican descent have a very distinct history with you know, what is now the United States. If you wanna go with the general kind of uh, terms that we use today of you know, immigrants and immigration, of all the Latinx groups, you know, those of Mexican descent, I always like to say are both the oldest and the newest quote unquote immigrants. So it's just about honoring that distinct experience and not pretending that it's not distinct, just mm -hmm. as our, our Puerto Rican relatives or our Central American relatives have the distinct experience. And so we can do both. And so for us, it's about knowing that because for all of us, our histories are kept from us. Our identities are kept from us in our schools. So let's be clear about who we are, what our identities are. And so in terms of psychology, it's about how all our, our cultural perspectives, those histories, the histories of our people, how that affects what we think of as wellness, what we think of as being in balance, what we think of as, you know, even though our communities may not use it as much, but psychological health, you can say it in a lot of different terms, right? Um, and then what we do is even, you know, going past those kind of typical things we see in our history books, um, going all the way back, as Tosotiani and I always say, like going right back to being indigenous to this continent, right? So Chicano, Chicanic psychology is, all of, is also about that reconnection to our ancestral wisdom, to our indigenous wisdom, and knowing that our peoples ancestrally also had healing ways, tremendous wisdom about healing, in what we would call today psychology or mental health it's just mm -hmm. it's it's uh we use different terms and, mm -hmm. but there's a little more to it but basically in a very basic word we use different terms but our peoples had always have always uh, had wisdoms about healing mm -hmm. and for my part <clears throat> yeah you know i feel like we don't hear that enough right we don't hear enough that we can honor and center our own peoples usually we get washed out, you know, and we call it the violence of erasure, being erased, not just from the history books, from the curriculum in our school experiences, our children don't hear about their own existence. And the craziest thing is they are literally on their ancestral land, and they're, they experience the violence of erasure. And you can ask many of us, and we'll say, oh, no, I'm not native to this land, I'm Mexican. And what the the understanding of that, again, this is a traumatized identity that we have as a people, right? So people don't realize, yeah, you are Mexican and you are native to this land. And that's on purpose because the colonial paradigm, the colonial matrix, which includes, you know, capitalism, patriarchy, there's many pieces to it, wants to keep us separated from our power, right? And then we have internalized depression where we continue to separate ourselves from our power, right? 
So the psychology of our people is extremely important. The mental health, the well-being, and what we say with the Institute of Chicanx Psychology, we've uh, talked about the three pillars of well-being, which is identity, spirituality, and family. Those three things, you know, if we, and that's what we tend to focus on and, and, and build our platicas, our talleres, our, you know, community talks around those topics, because there's so much for us to learn about who we are as a people. And so that is really just the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, we could talk forever about that one question, but we can just <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> no, I appreciate that so much. And as I'm hearing you guys talk, there's so much that, that is coming to mind. And one of the things that is, is coming to the surface now is just my own, I think my own experience um, of when th that identity as a uh, Chicana or it is very different than just being Mexican from Mexico, right? Born and raised in Mexico. And then, um, you know, being first generation here Th that I was not aware of. And I think I was in middle school when I went to Mexico, to central Mexico uh, to live with some family there for the first time, I had always identified as Mexican. Right. And then I went to Mexico and I was in school there and there I was, I, I was not Mexican <laughs> to <Right>. them. <laughs> I remember in the, I don't know if this is an offensive term, but I remember that I had never heard the term pocha. Right. Yeah. I had never heard of that because my parents are, are from Mexico. You know, they, they you know, they're, I mean, we, we don't, we didn't talk like that. And then when I was in Mexico, I heard that term for the first time. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, I'm not considered full, I'm not considered Mexican by people in Mexico, but I'm not considered American by people, you know, back home in California. Right. So what am I? And I remember being, you know, I think I was 13 or 14 and, and realizing that for the very first time. And that's when someone told me, someone in Mexico told me, well, you're Pocha or Chicana, and what are you? And, and I didn't even, I didn't know, you know, as a, as, a, as a teenager, I didn't know what I was, but I knew I was different. And I'm wondering from your, you know, your line of work, do you, do you see that a lot now? I mean, this was back in the early nineties. So I, I'm sure it's, I hope it's different now, but you know, what is your experience now, you know, with, with this, do you still, do you still hear about this? And, you know, people realizing what am I or questioning what, what they are, their identity? Yes. I mean, and, and that's part of why we, one of the reasons why we talk about the importance of, you know, everyone's, many people are doing similar work, but for us, the work of the Institute, that's why is one of those reasons, because that has not changed. We still hear, and when we still encounter teenagers, you know, that have, the exact same experience. And that has been happening since at least the 1940s. Um, so almost a hundred years. So that, you know, that goes to again that violence of erasure, that systemic ways that we encounter in this society that keep us from knowing that identity. Mm -hmm. Florian Saldua put it that soy ni de aquí ni de allá. So I'm not from here or there. And some other people say, I'm both from here and from there. 
But then the way I say it is erasing that border, which is an imaginary border, right? That colonizers, invaders created. We're from this land. <laughs> so if we realize that from the Southwest on down, um, it's called Anahuac, an Anahuac civilization, right? Uh, meaning like surrounded by water, Anahuac with different peoples in space and time, according to Guillermo Marin. You can look him up. He will teach you so much just from his videos alone. Um, it's in Spanish. Guillermo Marin. Um, they are in Spanish. He's in Mexico. Um, but he talks about we're in Anahuac civilization with different peoples in time and space. That's Zapoteca, Chichimeca. It doesn't matter. Maya, Mexica, whatever you, whatever. And so we are Anahuac people from this land, right? So Mexican is a nation state, right? Mm -hmm. American is a nation state. Mm -hmm. But as a people, we're from this land. So I just want to transcend those borders, you know, that have caused our peoples so much harm, the borders that have crossed us many, many times and changed the borders that keep our families separated in cages and part of the prison industrial complex, the, um, the uh, those, what are those centers called? Detention centers. Detention yeah. center industrial complex, which is a part of that money-making complex. Um, all of that, you know, so transcending all of those borders and all of those um, imposed identities um to just remind us that we are a people of this land of this continent i love that I, in the erasure that that really you know that that concept uh, especially for me growing up being a child of the 90s it, it was um looking back it was not even a discussion our history you know the history of of um indigenous history even beyond just the you know christopher columbus to be honest i mean that's all i remember when we talk about indigenous cultures here in the americas and in that you know i think i was i mean it was just a couple of years ago that you mentioned gloria saldua i think that was just a couple of years ago that i came to realize that whole you know that whole body of research and knowledge that she that she presented you know in in and how that's still not something that is common knowledge. Right. The idea that right. we are from here and from there and right. it's still not something that we all know, even, even people of Mexican descent. Right, exactly. And I, you know, I was, one of the things that came up right now as you were talking is that I have, um, you know, family in Mexico and the concept, the, the colonial mentality, I, I think it even impacts people living in Mexico. Yes, absolutely. I, you, you mentioned the ancestral healings and, you know, just how we've had this, this history, um, indigenous culture and history and, and healing and, and talking to just uncles, aunts that maybe are more educated or have, you know, they, they're not connected to that. And, and they, they are in Mexico, central Mexico. Right. They, you know, they're teachers or, you know, they do what, but they yeah. almost like there's a dismissal of that, right? Of the, yes. our indigenous ways. It's like we've been conditioned to believe that that is less, that mm -hmm. is um, that we, we need to 
overcome that almost right like we need to let that go yeah. and, and to in order to evolve I, I don't know what what are your thoughts about that I mean exactly that's the thing is that is what makes what we can talk about here and the work that we do with people here what we call the United States about reconnecting to in our indigenous ways um as Chicanos Chicanas um but <clears throat> the whole identity of being Mexican from Mexico is a colonized identity, exactly. Yes. I mean, the fact that the, the, this, this whole country thinks of themselves as Mexican, as opposed to recognizing that they themselves are part of that indigenous identity is the success, quote unquote, of colonization. So they are definitely... You know, all, all all of us on this continent are affected by that. And so in Mexico or Mexico, um, and as in, in other uh, countries that we call Latin America, um, the thing that we contend with probably the most is um, anti-indigeneity, like you were describing, right? Yes. And, and it's not to say that, you know, because I think in this country, with our different racial racialized histories, you know, it's important that we understand a lot of the anti-black attitudes in all communities, right? And yes. we address that and that's important. And that that, you know, is in a lot of countries everywhere. That's a step in the right direction, right. the right path. Um, but and also different countries and different places have their own histories. And in a lot of ways, what is really prominent that we don't even talk about not addressing issues and talk about the violence of erasure and being invisible, we have strong, strong anti-indigeneity in Mexico and in our people. Well, and, God, very much so. And in this country, in this country, Latin the, America altogether. Right. Everywhere. Everywhere. And and I think the trick is that you acknowledge it a little bit, but you acknowledge it in a like two-dimensional caricature way. So what Mexico loves to do is after like the Mexican Revolution, you know, um, which was in some ways against a lot of European ideals, but don't go crazy. They still kept a lot of things in place. But what they love to do since that point, because before that point, you didn't even mention anything about anything, you know, Indio or indigenous or Azteca. But what they did is like, that's to come after that, like we're gonna honor our indigenous roots, you know, now we have a, you know, the Azteca bank and the Azteca, Azteca theater, and we have, you know, the Azteca prints on, on the pesos and on the dollars to honor, you know, that part of who we are. But really the indigenous people in the present, you know, are, are oppressed and marginalized, yeah. kept in poverty. And we see them, we don't see us, we don't see them in us. That's so right. that's, that's right. the best way to kind of have that anti-indigeneity where it's like, well, we we acknowledge them, you know, all those, you know, and they love to kind of sometimes like the Azteca theater and, you know, you, you just give a little here and there, but the reality like is tokenism, right? Yeah, and that's, yes, you know, that's like absolutely. there are more than 68 different native peoples in Mexico, you know, but you don't hear about them, you know, you only hear about one peoples, And and again, that is part of erasing our peoples of who we are. And and even now here in this country, right, what do you say? What it would or our elders say, unfortunately, not all of them, but if when our kids are, are real dark when they come out. 
Ay, pobrecito, se ve muy indio. Yeah. But that's okay, he's yeah. cute anyway. I mean, that's what was said about my kids, you know, but what do you mean, but that's okay, that they're brown? That is their their beauty, that is their honor, that is their power, that they are brown and native to this land. It's just seen as an aside, like, ay, pobrecito, he looks, you know, he looks Indian or he looks native, you know. And oh, absolutely. And I just want to say real quick. They center whiteness and they're always looking for who the Spanish relative is. Always. Or the French relative. Yeah. We always have right? that's what you in our family. Oh, mi abuelito tenía. Ignoring all the good on all the medicine work, all the remedios that the grandmother yes. did. Just don't talk about that. Right. Absolutely. And for us, you know, we hear these discussions in other like you know ways like like history and everything but everything we've been talking about that is chicano psychology mm -hmm, exactly because it, it, who are we how, how do who are the what are the things that we hold on to connect to us that are that are actually true about who we are mm -hmm. and once you know that mm -hmm. then you have then that sense of self-determination that mm -hmm. sense of empowerment that yes. sense of liberation and you know, that's only one piece because guess what? We are also barbecue and big red on Sundays. We are also the family sitting in the truck in the front yard and everybody, you know, singing and cooking food and barbecue. We're all of these things. We're this and we're that. And there's so right, much to be celebrated right. as powerful and not viewed as, as we talk about often as a deficit culture. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I love that because it's it speaks to that that identity that we can claim, right? That in and of itself is our identity, right? The 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 fact that we can claim that from our from the, from our lands, right? The indigenous um, history and ancestors, but we can also claim what we've grown up seeing and experiencing, which is here, right? And yeah. and 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 I and then that I concept that that in and of itself holding these two is our identity is so powerful and and yet it's so abstract that I think a lot of people just uh, can't even comprehend. It's almost like we feel like we have to compartmentalize, right? Like, yeah. well, I'm more American when I'm in you know in this setting, and I'm more Mexican when I'm in this setting or more Chicano, you know, it's, and it's like, no, that, that in and of itself, the fact that you can do all of that is your identity is right. one. And, and I think that is when I, um, just in my own experience, being able to, to understand that. And, and like I said, it's, it's only been within the last few years was so empowering, yeah. <laughs> you know, just within my own journey, my own journey and, and, and exploring who I am, where I come from, and you know now as a as a mom as a mother what I want to pass on right to my to my daughter. And, yeah. and wow, you really, you know, have to stay on that because everything that they hear indirectly and directly with their friends in the school on TV things we don't notice is going to try to counter those messages. It's going to try to erase those messages. Um, and so, cause I know, you know, we've been, you know, uh, talk with parents where they are like, I don't know what happened. I told them, you know, like who they are, but 
now they don't know and or and they're they're still they still feel disconnected or they feel a you know distance from from who they are because it you know a lot of the times it takes more than just like telling them and make and assuming that that's going to be okay it's like you really have to integrate it into everything mm -hmm. um, or always check in and always like yeah. always kind of reinforce and always kind of come back around to even the same things <laughs> that you you really want them to know and that's part of their mental health right because our own son wanted to you know when he was eight yeah now he's 21 but he wanted to dye his skin bleach it mm -hmm. because he was dark you know and we you know he got these mega doses of messages of of honoring who he is, but still, you know, it's very pervasive. It's insidious. It gets in there that internalized depression in all kinds of ways that are invisible. And that's why we really work to bring the invisible visible. We never run out of platicas and talleres workshops and, and community conversations about this because it's so deep. It's so multi-layered. It's so multifaceted. And it's so, what is the word when something is pushed against or really tried to be squashed? What is that word? I can't think of that. Word. I don't want to just say marginalized because it's more aggressive than that. Mm -hmm. We can all think together mm -hmm. as a of what that word is. But, yeah, well, but I mean, not, the form of, of racism, right? Of, of um, yes. to the, Just the erasure of a culture. That's, that's um, it's a, I don't know genocide i don't know if it's too hard but there, there's such thing that's as not too hard. genocide right there's the cultural genocide of yes a lot of i mean just here in the americas what you know what the indigenous communities went through it was that's what they did right yeah right. um yeah the the not just the oppression but just erasing you know exactly. trying you know trying to just block out that part of who we are exactly yeah exactly. and so now we're under attack with the you know, trying to get ourselves in the school books still mm. so that our kids can see and everybody still. fighting that. I mean, still all of these elders who fought so hard in the 60s, 70s, 80s. We went to the La, La Raza Unida. We spoke at the um, conference, you know, what was it? The 50 year anniversary. anniversary of them forming their own political party, right? And we are still fighting for the same things that they were fighting for. Yeah. We yeah. are today still fighting for that same, those same battles. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about, to unpack, to heal, to, to expand, to flourish, to add to our abundance as a people so that we can have that liberation and that healing that we are always working toward. And uh, on your social media, I, I, came across a term on your account, sorry, on Instagram, I came across a term re-indigenizing. Yeah. And so I was wondering, how would you describe that process? Um, is it an intentional process? Is it something that, are there specific steps that someone needs to take? You know, can you, can you describe what that is, what that looks like? And, and what, what is that, you know, what is the intention behind that? That's really good. These are really these are really important questions because, as you said, a lot of the times, for a lot of our people, still, we were all at a point where this was new to us mm -hmm. to some degree. Yeah, we were all at that point reconnecting and and yeah, and so reindigenizing is about reconnecting and um, 
it's not a like a particular framework. It's not like a, a particular um, kind of process that has been kind of written out or that all people follow in the same way. It is more of the general idea and concept, a real one, where what it means is first understanding that we have indigenous roots and we have indigenous background. If we're people of the Americas, you know, 90% or so in some way or another. Remember, um, there were thousands of people living in what is now Mexico and 500 Spanish soldiers that came invaded. A lot of the times we talk about, oh, we're half and half. That's not half and half, right? That's barely half and half. So one is recognizing that that is a reality. And two is this revolutionary concept that there are still and always have been indigenous communities, as Jessica said, 68 at least in Mexico, that never went away. They're just in the shadows or the Mexican government acknowledges them. But if you're a typical, barely, barely. barely, if you're a typical Mexican citizen, you don't really, you could go your whole life without really connecting with the indigenous communities there. Maybe you see them at the mercados if they come into the cities to sell. So, but you separate yourself. But from you separate. Them. It's yeah. very easy. So it's understanding that indigeneity is a current reality. Mm, that's powerful. Um, and then it's recognizing that because we've been separated, this is the question we always talk about: is a lot of us feel like, do I have the right yes. to reconnect? That's very common. Simple answer is yes. So reindigenizing is feeling okay, not co-opting and not saying, okay, now I'm indigenous. It's just <laughs> feeling good enough, like fighting all those messages and all that uncomfortable most like that I can ask questions, that I can go investigate, that I can respectfully learn more about what does it, what, you know, what does it mean to be indigenous? What are the indigenous wisdoms and ways that have been carried forward continuously? You know, I in the greater society, most of us were disconnected because you have the colonization. But as I said, there it's like rivers, you know, rivers in history through time. There have been continuous indigenous knowledges, communities, peoples that have continuously passed on those ways. And so for everyone, that can look different. It could be we live in the we live in the Asia we live in. It could be starting with a simple Google, like what what are the indigenous communities? What does it mean to be, for us, we start with the Mexica. Mexica is an easy interest, entry. Yeah, the Aztec. Right? Yeah. Mexica, yeah. And um, realizing, yeah, it's a good place to start because probably in, in our day and time in the way that even it's been colonized way of thinking in the United States about for the Northern tribes and peoples, it's like, what specific people do I belong to, right? Well, that can be an important, but it's not the all-encompassing, right? Because even though a lot of us may not necessarily be Aztec or Mexica, right? Because they were, you know, just because they were the, the people in charge when the mm -hmm. Spanish invaded. For like 195 years. Yeah. But we have more than 10,000 year in history. Right. right. So all these things come up and that blocks people like, oh, well, oh, I don't know. It's like, that's okay. It's okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Reindigenize means I start from everything that I grew up with, 
all the messages that I learned, all the prejudices that I have about indigeneity. And just like here, prejudice reduction, we hear in the United States, right? You know, um, anti-racist work. That's our anti-racist work, right? And just continue moving forward. It doesn't mean now I'm going to pretend to be an indigenous person from 500 years ago. Right. No. Right. We start now, and we begin to incorporate um, the knowledge that we have. The medicines, the medicines, the energies. The energies. And also, yeah. you know, like we like, like we make sure to say, it's not like you have to go back and live the way it was back then. No, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. It's impossible. And also, that erases the all of the surviving, all of the strong resiliencies that are a part of our mental health and our well-being now. All of the fight and the surviving that the people have done over the past 500 plus years that our ancestors have done. We don't want to erase that. We want to honor that. So we don't go back and pretend like we're not here now. No, it's like we always say, it's a both and. It's a both and. So we connect and we honor, you know. And this brings the fuerza, the poder, the, the power of who we are. Because these ancestors, they were tortured. They were killed. The medicines, the codices, they killed the teachers first and the teaching tools first. And the women had to go and hide the fire in the kitchen to keep it alive. And then we had to run in several different directions, the, you know, sacred directions to preserve the medicine. So this oral history that was passed down, passed down, passed down, it was for you. It was for you right now, who you are. All of those thousands of pairs of ancestors looking at you and so proud and so ready to support you and who you are right now. So that is the beginning of what we say when we talk yeah. about indigenizing. Oh, so beautiful, Jessica. Thank you. That that I think that is that is the key in regards to the message for those that are seeking to connect, right? That are seeking yeah. to find out where they come from, what what who they are in terms of their identity, right? And I one of the, I don't know if you guys have what what are your thoughts about this, but one of the things that I've noticed is that there is also even within our community of um, storytellers or um, healers that there's gatekeeping going on. There's a lot of people that say, well, uh, you know, you can only practice X, Y, and Z, you know, healing, or if you learn it from, you know, this teacher. And I, I have a, I have a, I have conflicting thoughts about that because, you know, in one, in one sense, yes, I, I think that there is, there, you know, there needs to be respect given to, to our elders and, and, and those that are, you know, that, that, that have held, like you said, the oral traditions and are passing it on, but there's also, I feel that we've been, you know, the younger generations have been denied this history, the erasure, right. That we were talking about um, for so long that now that we have access to this, I feel like there's a hunger to know. Yes. And sure. so I, I have a hard time with folks that are like, well, you can only practice X, Y, and Z if you learn it from an elder, but so many people don't have elders. So many people don't have um, anyone to learn it from. So they go online, right. And they, right. And they research these, these healing modalities. And then they start 
maybe practicing it, maybe sharing it, and then they get shamed. And, and I, I have, I see that, you know, I'm not in any way, a pra- I don't practice that. And I'm not, I don't consider myself a healer in that sense, but I see it, you know, I see it online. And, and, and I, I think it is a good thing for younger people to want to reclaim some of these uh, healing, ancestral healing, indigenous healing modalities in whatever shape or form, because it, it, it's like that seed was planted, right? Or, or like you said, it's been, it's been um, shared for like, I don't know, 500 years, right? Mm-hmm. And now people are like, well, I want to, I want to do it. You know, I want to share, it. I want to talk about this yeah. and I may not know it all, but I want to share it. And I, I do see a lot of gatekeeping going on. I, what are your thoughts about that? And, and what, ha- you know, what are, what have you guys seen on, on your end? So I really love that question because it is so complex and every piece of that answer is important. So, yeah. So yeah, 10,000 plus the 500 years, right? Of history being passed down. There is such a hunger and there's a reason for that. We're all waking up together. I call it the gran despierta, you know. Typically we have ceremonies at the age of 13, Chilonen and Talpocanesi where where at 13, it's called the despertar del niño, the awakening of the child, right? And um, we grew up our years in 13, so we typically have it then, but right now, everybody's waking up, and we need that. We need each other. We need everybody to wake up and to reconnect, and it is ours, right? Now, there's also the reality that we have been super, you know, indoctrinated with our Western mind, our Western way of doing things, which includes, you know, capitalism and all this stuff. And so our sacred wisdoms that people were died and died for and were tortured for and passed down have some people are co- making them a commodity and selling them. They learn it, then they sell it. They brand it and they sell it. <clears throat> and the truth is, If you walk on the red road and walk uh, a ceremonial path, it is extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. The lessons, the learning, it is not easy. You don't just show up, pay money and, you know, get your wisdom. You have to be there. You have to be present. You have to be there in the rain, in the cold. You know, as a moon dancer, we'll moon dance 23 degrees with frost on the ground in the circle. And we're doing it for each other for for our communities, we're doing it for our families, we're doing it for Madre Tierra, for her blood, which is the water. And, you know, we don't eat, we don't drink water, you know, and we do sweat lodge when we come in, sweat lodge when we go out, we're all night there. There's a million ceremonies like that. It's hard. And you have to work to set it up and you have to work to tear it down, you know. And you learn so many deep lessons about yourself in the process of ceremony. And you can't just buy and sell that. And you can't just come across it easy. So do you see already the complexity of the answer? Yes, there's a hunger. Yes, we're here to share it. All of us, right? That's what we always say with the Institute of Chicanx Psychology. We're asu servicio, asu sordenes. We're here to serve you. But that service and that spiritual leadership has come comes in, in, in challenging ways. So... Yes, learn from elders who know. If someone is teaching you, make sure that they don't just take an online class here and there. Make sure that those people teaching you are in constant um, accountability 
and communication with their teachers, not just, oh, I took this class, I took that class. Now I'm going to charge $300 for, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. Make sure that they walk, that they go to ceremony and that they set it up. They shut it down. They clean it up. They're there in, in all, everything. Okay, this one piece. The other piece is don't be scared away, you know, just because, you know, of that piece. And if you don't have access to your elders, that's okay. Continue to seek them out. Do learn online. But let that learning be personal. You know, don't sell it. Don't, you know, don't teach it. <laughs> because I remember it as like my fourth, my first year moon dancer. I thought I knew everything. As a fourth year moon dancer, I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. Fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth year, tenth. You know, and the more I went along, I was the more respect and discipline and, and deep work I had to do to be able to say that I can share this with you all. So it's a both and again, both be respectful, both make sure your teachers know what they're talking about. And yes, please come, please learn, please feel welcome. This is yours. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, that's a, I think that's a beautiful answer. And, and it, you know, and, and I think that that's the key, right? The, the selling, the, the, the profit, the, appropriation of, of this medicine that is making it so uh, that that is making it confusing to folks so, well there is this and if I can just pay for this then I'm certified to do x y and z and it's like <laughs> right that's not what it's about right it, it right. like you said it's, it's a personal journey that you, right. that you yeah. must go through and it takes time yeah to people can come together in groups to share, oh, I found this online. I'm not sure, but this, oh, I did this. That's different than yeah. pro proclaiming to be learning something you're really excited about, which is fine, and then proclaiming to be a teacher. Right. Because this is a good example of this colonial veil and this way, this this uh uh kind of um what is it when you don't see something the right way? <laughs> like a distortion distorted a distorted oh. view right because i think a lot of people think you know we have our ancestors um we have these ways that are still present today they're not just they were they have been passed on right but when we think of that of reconnecting we think of 500 years ago mostly especially when we we're first starting out like oh we're trying to reconnect to to our ancestors hundreds of years ago and then i think we have this unspoken thought that if, I don't think we think about it because we did be like, oh, of course not. But I think we feel like everyone was a teacher. Everyone was an elder. Everyone, you know, held the medicine. No, it's just like today. Like if you want to use, you know, the example of the Catholic Church, for example, there are only a few priests. There are a lot of followers, but they go on and do their, their everyday life. They know the religion. They try to practice the religion in their family. They try to learn it. There's a connection to creator, to God. But very few people would will wind up saying, you know what? I have been, for example, a Catholic since I was a kid. I am now a priest. Well, you know, I, and I'm not necessarily agreeing with the way people become priests. Yeah. I think it's just a, a, a relatable example, right? So if you think about our society in the past, there were priests, you know, you could say of, of this medicine. And then there were regular people 
they knew the medicine. They knew how to honor the, the spirits. They knew how to honor the elements. But even they wouldn't just say, I am an elder now because I have grown up this way. Right. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And, and I think that's the key, right? That because there is this awakening, people want to know, want to connect. And then there's those that, that there's a lot of people offering this, but, um, you know, they're, they're selling something on a class that they took. And then that's where the harm happens. I, I believe that Absolutely. because it's soul work. Right? This right. is not just something that it's not a mental process. This is you know, just how, how I see it. Right. It, you can't just learn something like information. You, it, it has to be felt and experienced in a soul at a soul level absolutely and that takes time right that takes time and you know I'm you know I just think for example my journey as a a therapist and I think back when I started you know as a a mental health therapist um, back in 2007 I had a lot of book knowledge and I had a lot of that information but it's taken me this long to be able to integrate all of that into my life and my you know because we're we're also working on our own healing right and and, and to integrate that in in a more uh, just soulful spiritual mental health level right it's an integration of all things and it's taking me this long right and so I think about those those folks offering spiritual work you know and, and it's like and it takes time. I'm not saying it's something that only someone of a certain age can do, right. but I do feel that you ha- it, it takes a lot of, um, like you said, just ex- putting there's you, you, you skin in, in the game, right? You, you, yeah. you go through it and it's not an easy journey right. to right. navigate and it's spiritual. It comes up and if you're not, haven't mm-hmm. done that spiritual work, you could really cause them harm. You could cause yourself harm. So it, it really, really matters, you know, mm-hmm. if something happens in the sweat lodge and at the Moscow, you know, the example came up with a different elder and she, you know, there was some harm happening and she said, well, what did y'all do? And they said, we put our hands on him and, and we prayed and gave him, you know, energy. She was like, no, you needed to call the EMS <laughs> because he was having a problem, you know, and you can't just, you know, fake your way through it. Right. You cannot. So it's very important to have the years of work. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the experience, the years, and and for what I've I've heard in, in in from others that emotionally it is a difficult journey to navigate because it's almost like as a person offering the space to others spiritually and and you you do go through a process of yourself and in and, and healing yourself and healing from your own wounds and your Absolutely. own um I, you know quote unquote demons right and it's like you yeah. go through it and that is very hard to do you know yeah. and it's a, a, you can say very easily and you can but if, when you really go through it in a deep way and it's it's a very difficult journey to na- to navigate as an individual and then to to come through from that and be able to off- offer that medicine. Absolutely. That yeah. is really, really true. Yeah. And there's many things true about that. The, even the, the opposite is true. But again, we could talk forever about any of these questions because they're all so important. But I'm glad that you're investigating and you're asking because 
all of your listeners get to get the beginnings of, you know, what, what these things could mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, so for folks that would love to get more familiar with your work and your organization, how can they find you guys? The best way to find us is through um, our website, which is rasapsychology.org. .org. So that's R-A-Z-A, psychology.org. Yeah. And then we're on Instagram as Chican Psych. Yeah. X-I-C-A-N-P-S-Y-C-H. Right. And then we're on Facebook. You can, plus, you know, we always say once you come to a platica, yeah, we're family, we're community. You can always email us, call us, text us, whatever. We're here to serve each other toward our well-being our own well-being our well-being of our children our families our loved ones seven generations back seven generations forward and our community so you know we have a few things coming up too. the intro level for people just starting to learn intro to spirituality is that what it's called well it's called um spirituality mental health and healing Mm -hmm. And so um, and the next day is like kind of the next level indigenous spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two part day. And the first it's all of it is kind of kind of intro, but like the first day is much more introductory. And the second day is much more uh, focusing on indigenous spirituality that's and wisdom. May, right? And that's in May. And then you have a class coming up. And then I have a explorations in Chicana, Chicano, Chicanx identity class. That's a that's a Chicano psychology class online six weeks you know um and that starts at the end of may and all of that's on the website mm-hmm. oh, perfect yeah wonderful well thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us today mm-hmm. i and i i think we need to do another uh, part two yeah <laughs> so i want to know you know and i and i just realized um i i didn't ask about your story i normally ask you know how you guys came <laughs> across this path and so I realized I didn't ask that question. So I definitely would love to have you guys back and share just your journey and navigating yeah. all of this. Everybody yeah. is a yeah. universe, right? So all of our stories are always so beautiful and so big, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And this is such a, a big topic. There's so many directions to go. So mm-hmm. thank you. it really thank is. You. Yeah, no, it is. So thank you for your willingness to share and to give us a very brief intro to this and i would love to have you guys back sometime that would yes. be great Thank i you wanted so much. to share some cantos so next time i'll do a oh. canto for everybody oh well we have time if you want to share it ah. <laughs> i'm trying to of think course. of one that talks about oh, yes, what we've been please. talking about okay so i'll use the medicine of the panuewe the tambor the drum let's see so this is called renace la fuerza exactly what we're talking about reconnecting right Renace la fuerza desde bien adentro. Del fondo de la tierra yo invoco a mis ancestros. Renace la fuerza desde bien adentro. Del fondo de la tierra yo invoco a mis ancestros. Gira, crece, sube, espira. El fuego de mis, de mis venas transforma todo mal. Gira, crece, sube, respira. El fuego de mis venas transforma todo mal. Cura sana, cura sana y fluye. 
Kurasana kurasana fruya, kurasana kurasana fruya, kurasana kurasana fruya. Mateo. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website which is rosachettilcsw.com and I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.